to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Trista Crick, Nick Ashew tonight. We got pounding rain going on. If you're anywhere in the Northeast, hunker down, stay safe. It's uh, it's wild. I'm really, Trista, how are you on snow? Are you a fan of snow? I like snow a lot better than I like rain. Say that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because I'm thinking about this right now. And if this was snow, yeah, it would be, the storms we got going on, we'd all be locked down for a while. It would just, you wouldn't be going anywhere. It's been intense to say the least. So I'm not mad at that. No, yeah, fair enough. Uh, big time, big time college basketball night tonight. A lot of games going on, and obviously now, now that college football is done, doesn't it kind of feel like, like obviously we're paying attention to it, but now our minds can kind of shift. Because I'll be honest with you, I only got so much bandwidth. I got to sit here and pay attention to the NFL. We got the NBA. We got college football and all the bowl games, and then we get to the point where, oh yeah, there's also college basketball. I feel like now we can kind of shift our brain a little bit and get a little bit more into the college basketball season and dig in. And there's nobody better to focus in on everything when it comes to college basketball than our buddy Jim Root, who joins us once again here now. And look, we got a lot of games. I want to just start with the games going on or the games up later tonight because there's quite a few actually in terms of ranked teams. Of course, you got the uh, the BYU-Baylor game going on later tonight too. So first off, just what do you like tonight? What are some of the games that interest you before we kind of dig down on what's gone on over the last week in college hoops? Oh, I'm super curious about that BYU-Baylor game. There's some fun uh, little dynamics with that, with with BYU being their first Big 12 road game. They're 0-1 to start league play. Meanwhile, Baylor's opening their brand-new arena. I guess they played Cornell. Uh, They've got one game under their belts there, but this is the Big 12 opener for the new Foster Mm -hmm. Pavilion, so there's that element to it. Um, I generally like Baylor there. Um, I probably would have cut off what I'd taken at, at minus four, um, it's up to four and a half most places, so dicier value there if you're gonna you're gonna join on that. But uh, I just think the athleticism is gonna bother BYU. They really struggled to get easy shots against Cincinnati. They, they took 18 twos and 10 free throws compared to 46 threes. It just felt like their offense was rushed, uncomfortable against a very athletic team. And Cincinnati's a better interior defense than Baylor is, but I still think there's gonna be some issues translating over to that first game on the road here, first road game outside the state of Utah for BYU. So I, I do like Baylor there. Uh, price is a little dicier now, but I, I like the Bears hosting them. Duke plays tonight at Pitt. Uh, the thing that I want to ask you about is Duke's Mark Mitchell because he's averaged 22 and 10 last week. Ridiculous. 15 for 22 from the field. Like, Do you think he's the difference maker if Duke wants to make a legit run? He's certainly one of them and a big one. I think they thought they were going to get a much better, more developed Mark Mitchell, especially on the offensive end. Uh, Coming off last year, you know, former five-star recruit, played a lot and was a key contributor. And really his absence was a big part of why they lost to Tennessee in the NCAA tournament. Then this year, he's been real shaky on the offensive end early. Uh, Really has the yips from beyond the arc. His, His motion is really hitchy. It's it doesn't look smooth, but you get him in that mid-range area or on the offensive glass or as a cutter where, where Tyrese Proctor found him a bunch of times cutting last game. He's pretty devastating there because he's a strong, tough finisher. He's left. He's a little unorthodox with the way he gets it up to the rim. And I think that, that throws teams off and helps him draw fouls. He's actually a pretty decent free throw shooter for somebody that, that cannot shoot from beyond the arc. So, yeah, getting more from him offensively where they're not playing sort of four on five – and, of course, he's always a terrific defender, multi-positional on that end. He gives them quite a bit of, a, of an edge if he's playing well. And this, this Pitt matchup's odd because Pitt has not been very good against their, their toughest competition. They already lost at home to Clemson. They lost at home to Mizzou. 
especially Mizzou, a, a really shaky loss at this point for, for a, a home court situation there. But Duke's been bad on the road. Uh, they lost to Georgia Tech on the road right after Tyrese Proctor got hurt in the first minute. Uh, they lost to Arkansas, who just got blown out at home by Auburn. Not a, not a great team this year. So Duke's got to prove it on the road. Even that effort at, uh, at Notre Dame over the weekend was not that good. So I, I've seen that, that price tick down below five in a lot of places, and I think it kind of makes sense. Uh, I did not bet that game, but uh, I'm wary of Duke on the road right now. So Houston is the last unbeaten team in Division One. Is this the best team in college basketball, though? I, I don't think so. I, I love Houston, but I'm still going to go with Purdue. I'll give the nod to Purdue. Um, they lost that tough road game at Northwestern, came right down to the wire. I think it was an overtime game, if I remember right. Uh, whereas Houston's only played one road game before tonight. I was at Xavier, a, a team that's down two starters since the beginning of the season, and they struggled. It was their worst offensive output of the game or of the season, only time below one point per possession. And now I got it on behind me here. Houston got down 14-0 pretty quickly against Hilton Magic in Iowa State there. It's 20-8 to now. I think they're getting a little bit of taste of life on the road in the Big 12. Might take some acclimation process. And just their style, the way they disrupt defensively, I think is great as a big favorite at home. Uh, but it's it might be a little tougher against teams that can handle that pressure and, and be patient and work for better shots against their defense. You know, when you talk about Purdue, how much has Zach Eady improved from last year to this year? Tristan and I were talking about this last week. Zach Eady's now looked at as a potential lottery pick in the NBA. And last year, we're looking at a guy going, hey, he's going to be really good playing over in Greece or something somewhere. Yeah, I, I think last year he had the reputation of just big. That, that was like what he was yeah. good at. And I don't think it was true last year. I think he had pretty good touch for a big man. Uh, the footwork was solid. And for a 7-4 guy, for him to make like 75% from the free throw line is kind of unheard of. Like you just can't hack him. He, he, yeah. can, he can knock those down. They're not free possessions. Uh, but I think where he's really improved is some of that more nuanced stuff. The footwork's really solid. Uh, he's great at avoiding fouls on the defensive end. I know this kind of rubs some of their opposition fan bases the wrong way, but he's terrific at maintaining verticality, which is not easy to do. Uh, and I think he's a little better defending in space against pick and rolls. Like, you know, he's, he's never going to be a, a switch it all, you know, s step out on the perimeter and take a guard. But in a drop coverage, if a guy's coming at him, he's not giving up straight line drives to the rim. He's making it difficult. And, of course, he's so long that you can't finish over him. you got to shoot a tough floater or a pull-up. And they build their defense around that. So uh, combined with the incredible production on the glass and on the offensive end, I think he's actually a, very much a net positive defensively, too. He's every bit the national player of the year right now. It's going to be tough for somebody to unseat him. Yeah. Is what we're seeing from guys like Chet Holmgren, Victor Wembanyama, you know, long guys over seven foot who can do a little bit of everything, is that, do you think, affecting Zach Eady's draft stock, finding a way for these GMs to say, okay, I see we need to counter these big men with one of our own? Yeah, maybe a little bit. They want to dominate the rim, especially defensively. I think that the value of rim protection is just so, so high uh, in the NBA because you've got to, you know, you've got to extend to the three-point line. There's a, everybody's shooting them now. That opens up driving gaps a little bit. So you're either going to give up layups or if you've got somebody as big as Edie, can you deter those attempts a little bit, force guys to pull up short and take those inefficient mid-rangers of course, he doesn't quite measure up to the offensive skill level of Wembenyama or Holmgren. He's never going to bring the ball up the floor or take a step back three or a runner from 18 feet like Wembenyama's throwing out these days. 
but he does have, you know, a, a skill set offensively that I think, especially as like a reserve sixth or seventh man, you can play through him against backup bigs and he's going to score really efficiently. He might not hold up in some of the toughest, you know, highest level. He might not be a playoff player in the conference finals where everybody can really pick on mismatches, but he's going to be a positive contributor in the NBA. I think Walker Kessler is probably a pretty solid comp for him, just the way he's a beast offensively finishing and, and taking away the rim on the other end. Talking to Jim Root, bet MGM tonight. Uh, are we at rock bottom now for UCLA or can this thing get worse? Gosh, I, I wish I could say for sure this was rock bottom, but the <laughs> offense is terrible. It's so bad. They keep trying to change things up. Last game, they switched up their point guard situation between Sebastian Mack and Dylan Andrews. That didn't work at all. They got down in a, a hole early. I don't think they scored for the first five minutes. And then, of course, you have the off-court stuff with McCronin skipping the press conference. And, you know, when he goes to press conferences, he throws his players under the bus. It, it's, it's pretty ugly. And I was listening to some speculation today about, like, will they just let him go in the offseason if he wants to be at Louisville? And is this a complete sinking ship? And, and maybe it's best they part ways. It's kind of a, a stunning collapse, you know, just – three years ago he's in the final four and seems like he's got UCLA completely on the rise but out in LA you can't score 53 a game and and be bad you have to be good or entertaining or both and that team is neither right now I uh go on Memphis radio every week Jim and obviously the Grizzlies right now are not a team that anybody cares about so it's all about Memphis basketball uh Javon Quinterly looks really good the transfer what do you like about what they're doing right now uh, yeah, they just pulled that one out uh, on Sunday against SMU, who actually might be the third best team in the league. Uh, Memphis and, and FAU uh, against SMU, excuse me. Uh, Memphis and FAU, I think, have, have uh, differentiated themselves atop the American. I mean, Memphis, the, the first thing everybody's going to say about them is they're old, and it's because they are. It's a lot of like 23, 24-year-olds. I think their starting lineup is older than Oklahoma City, which is insane, uh, the NBA team. They've got a lot of fifth-year veteran transfers, guys that have been around the block. Uh, Naquan Tomlin, they just added him from Kansas State, uh, made a name for himself in the NCAA tournament last year with some highlight highlight reel dunks. He's very mobile. He's put up some big numbers already for them. He's just getting acclimated. You add that to David Jones, who's been a prolific scorer. Quinterly, as you mentioned, is, is kind of running the show and keeping things steady there. And I think Penny Hardaway is a tremendous defensive coach. I and mean, you can – kind of nitpick at the way they value offensive possessions, but defensively they're always super sound and they've got the athletes to, to be switchy or to take away the rim. They can play differently and make it really, really uncomfortable for opposing offenses. So yeah, Memphis, I think is a team that because they're in the American, they might fall off people's radar a little bit. They don't play FAU until like mid to late February. Uh, so it's not going to be headlined that way, but Come the NCAA tournament, they're going to be a really tough out, as they have been the last two years against two teams that ended up, you know, pretty darn solid in FAU and, and Gonzaga the year before. So I was kind of digging in the futures market over at BetMGM earlier today, and I saw that Rutgers is the favorite to have the fewest Big Ten wins this year. They're two to one. Then it's Michigan at plus three twenty-five, Penn State at four to one, Maryland at plus four fifty. Does this end up being Rutgers, or can any one of those teams overtake them as the worst team in the Big Ten? Boy, I I would have said Penn State, but they just stole that one against Michigan, uh, and that gets them up to two now because they already knocked off Ohio State. Their defense is abysmal, but the the offense has found ways to score, and uh, maybe the defense improves. I think they have a really good coach in Mike Rhodes, so he can figure that out. Rutgers strikes me as a, a little bit of a surprising favorite because they've got such a good home court advantage. 
but if they drop it tonight to Indiana, I think then you, you really start to to take a look at them as probably the worst team. I, I think the, the nuclear crisis scenario could be Michigan. Uh, they don't seem to know what they're doing on either end of the floor, especially the coaching situation is odd. I mean, they were already below 500 and, and winless in the Big Ten, and Jawan Howard hands over the coaching reins to Phil Martelli for some nostalgia play because they were in Philly. That was really odd to me, and you know, coaches emphasize different things, even if they're on the same staff. I think Michigan has a chance to to really have a, a bad, bad season where they end up moving on from Howard at the end of the year, and uh, it, 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 that's the nightmare, and maybe that's the plus odds I would bet in that market. How did it go down so fast ever since they lost to UCLA in the Elite Eight? Because it looked like that program was on the rise, and then you look up, and like you said, because that was a question that I had circled that I wanted to ask you, and you just jumped right into it. Perfect. But like, it feels like I don't understand how the disaster was built. Yeah, it, it's it's odd because I a couple of years back it was like wow home run hire the alum comes home one of the few NBA guys that takes over and and does well immediately and now looking back like was part of that some of the carryover from John Beeline's players who was a really tremendous coach and left guys with with pretty good discipline principles there and was Martelli a big part of it you know they started really strong early this year when Howard was away from the team with his heart issues. He's had clashes with support staff at the school, the, the strength coach earlier this year. He's had off-court stuff and then spats with opposing coaches. Obviously, the uh, the hands thrown at Wisconsin staff at the end of that game a couple of years back. It, it just seems like there's a lot going on with the team. And last year, he had his son trying to get points and, and look better for the N- NBA. Hunter Dickinson's his own personality. Like It, it just seems like there's been so much going on and he hasn't been able, been able to kind of circle the wagons around the locker room and make it us versus them. It, it does seem like it, yeah, it, it's sinking. And I'm surprised with how fast it got here, considering two years ago, I was given Michigan coaching bumps up. because it's like, oh, they've got Howard. I, I better bump them up. And now it's, it's kind of the opposite. All right, got about a minute or so here. North Carolina's won four straight. We've made our jokes, obviously, about Hubert Davis as a head coach. It's been a roller coaster for this team. Feels like the entire time that he's been there. Couple of losses, obviously, UConn and Kentucky. They beat Oklahoma when they're ranked seventh. Is this a team that you kind of see? They're a top 10 ranked team right now. Do we look at them and say, ooh, maybe they've gotten better, or is it still kind of a paper tiger situation with North Carolina? I'm buying. I'm buying North Carolina. Davis yeah, has got some, some right. warts, I think, as a coach that scare me, but they're defending, and I think that is really the huge difference. Last year, they looked disinterested on that end at best, sometimes lazy at worst. Um, and now they're a lot more cohesive. They're bought in. They're, they're winning road games with defense right now. It's really impressive to see. And I, I have no questions about the offense with Baycott, with Davis. And Harrison Ingram has really emerged as like a skilled creator in the mid post at that 3-4 spot. So, yeah, I think UNC is actually legit and a threat to win that ACC title. Here we go. Jim Root, three-man weave. Always good to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The roller coaster that is college basketball, Trista. Speaking of Michigan, uh, they are national champions in another sport, college football. We look back on that game and a wild one that we had last night and some of the early looks at the futures market for national titles. Bet MGM tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more Bet MGM tonight. Presented by Bet MGM. Live from BetQL. 